Hi, my name is Janessa Andrews, and my husband Josh and I have been fostering for three years. Um, we have three children. Um, we have had the opportunity to foster six children ages 17 months to 14 years old. Josh and I have always had the desire to adopt. We had had that desire since we were children. When we got married, we, that was one of the first things we talked about, that we wanted to do that. We kept putting it off though. We were scared, nervous. We just kept putting it off, putting it off. And then finally one day we decided we're just gonna go for this. We're gonna go ahead and get licensed. We're gonna go for it. God had broke our hearts for the kids that we had seen that were in care and their needs. Chad had a message recently where he talked about um, when we are at our weakest, we rely more on God. And I definitely know that fostering, I'm at my weakest. Everything is out of my control. Um, I have to rely on God. There's nothing else I can do. And I can see His hand throughout our whole fostering journey and adoption, where He has been there every step of the way. Even when I didn't know what was gonna happen, He knew. We had the joy of adopting our daughter this past August. She was at Cincinnati Hospital for six weeks. She had undergone brain surgery um, due to the unimaginable. The first time that we met her was a year ago, this October. And when I walked into that hospital room, the nurse handed her to me and said, do you wanna hold her? And of course I said, yes. And she laid her head down on my shoulder and she rubbed my back like she was comforting me and to tell me it's gonna be okay. And she had just had brain surgery. The most difficult thing is just watching these children and babies suffer from things that are out of their control. They didn't ask for any of this to happen. Um, they've just been kind of thrown into this mess and it's not even, it's emotional pain, it's physical pain, the things that they've undergone, watching my daughter undergo all these medical um, procedures, uh, it's, it's difficult. Fostering has changed everything about my life. Um, it has made me see the world differently, see God's goodness, really see how He works everything for our good, how He takes the unimaginable, um, the things that are just evil, and He turns it and He works things for the good. He uses those things to help us, to grow us. Please get involved however you can. Um, go ahead and get licensed. You can take your time, just jump in. It, there's never gonna be a right time, but every day these children are still going through these issues. They need help, they need support, they need loving homes. The Foster West Virginia Care community has been such a blessing to us. They um, bring us meals every week, they love on us, they babysit for us, they ask us every week for our prayer request. Um, anytime you need them, they are there. They definitely make our load lighter. With Foster West Virginia here at River Ridge Church, um, everyone can do something. I hope that you guys are able to find your something and be involved. All right. Let's praise God for the Andrews family, first of all. Yes. More than that. Come on. Let's praise God for them. Yes. They, listen, and I'm not, I'm not doing that just for them. Like, they represent... Um, what, what God calls us to do. <laughs> and uh, they are a part of our church family. And I just wanna tell you something. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, we, we are taking on this initiative as a church. That's you, that's all of us, not just a few of us. 
we are, we are doing Foster West Virginia, and I want you to come along however that looks. And so I want to just really quickly go back to a few things that Janessa said uh, as she and her family were going through the foster and adoption process and see how we could be a part of it. That's what we've been talking about the last three weeks. We've been talking about how we could pray uh, as part of the uh, Foster West Virginia community here, how we can uh, give. And, and several, uh, we've already had people bringing things in like cribs and things that we wanna create almost like this storefront kind of thing uh, to make it easier for families to say, I need a crib. And we go like, here, here, here's a crib. Or, or I need a, a seat, child's here, here. So uh, a lot of you have already done that. And, and today we're talking about acting, acting. Uh, that we need as a community of, of followers of Jesus Christ uh, to act on this program that we believe God has called us to do. Now, here's the thing. Not everybody is called to foster and adopt, but we all can be a part of the solution, and that's why we're doing this. Every single one of us can be a part of that care team that Janessa was talking about. I don't know if you heard what she said there. She said how critical that was for her family that there were people who did a lot of things, all right, made meals. You could, you, we could do that. Mowed grass, we, we could probably do that. Uh, just, just went to shopping for, for a family or, or prayed specifically for a family. These are things we can do, gang. And so uh, I just wanna challenge you as we go through this thing. This is not a one-off for us. This is what we're gonna be doing. And I wanna challenge you to say, man, I don't know where I play a part in this, but all of us can. Uh, I want you to talk about it. I want you to think about it, pray about it. Uh, and so you can act by, by easy, two things really, being a foster or adoptive family or saying, hey, let's come alongside those families. We want, it, we want these care groups to be taken care of right in here. All you and you and you, and you we want the, the, this to, to be done by us as a care group to say, all right, man, we're gonna mow for you, shop for you, pray for you, uh, you know, do all those things for you. And I think that's something, cook for you. Who loves cooking, man? That's an easy thing to do for those families and it means a whole lot. Act, act, act. Okay, everybody, I want you to think about it and be a part of it. And if, and if you are feeling, okay, I wanna do that, I'll have questions. We have tables right out there with people who are representing Foster West Virginia for us. Just go talk to them, all right? Go talk to them. We'll commit you to things, but we do, if some of you are ready to do it, go out there, talk to them, see what it looks like to be a part of the care team, see what it looks like to take the next step in foster and adoptive care. Okay, everybody? Okay, yeah, all right, good. Everybody awake, good, man. So uh, we really wanna get behind this for the 7,000 kids in West Virginia. 7,000, that's a lot, man. All right, so uh, let's get moving today. We are in a series uh, where we're just looking uh, and, and talking about what it looks to live free, to live free uh, and what that's all about. And here's why we're doing this. We're doing this because that's what Jesus said we can have. That he said, I came uh, to set you free and that you can have a life of freedom, that we can all experience true freedom in our lives. But, but what we're learning and why we're talking about this is that freedom doesn't just happen. It's not just automatic if you are a believer in Jesus, but it's through a process of belief and obedience uh, that unlocks and unleashes the freedom that comes that Jesus wants us to have. And so uh, we are in week five of this journey. And if you've missed any of the last four weeks, I really wanna encourage you to go back uh, and listen in on those in the progression of where we've been because today we're gonna kind of turn a corner uh, and talk about a little bit of a different thing. So the first four messages are really foundational because here's what we're gonna do today. Today, uh, we're gonna look at how the church 
plays a role in the freedom process. So the last four weeks, really, we kind of looked at us a lot. Like, how, do, how does it play in for me? Today, we're going to look at the church and how it plays a role. So let's get to it. If you have your Bibles uh, or electronic devices, everybody get them out. Get your Bible, get your phones out there, and open up to the book of Ephesians. All right, Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, as you're getting there, I'm really excited about the message today because I think today's message, if you are here uh, and you're, this is a really important message for us as a church. And if you are new or trying to figure out like what we're all about, this is a great day to be here because that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about uh, what we're all about. And so you don't have to wonder anymore, what's River Ridge Church about? That's, I'm gonna lay that out pretty, pretty clearly and allow the scriptures to, to lead us in what we're all about as a church, okay? So you don't have to wonder, okay? So we're gonna start here. If you, if you found your way to Ephesians 4, and we're gonna pick this up in verse one, all right? So here's what Paul says to the church and to us. He goes, okay, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Let's keep that slide up for a few minutes. So so here's uh, what Paul is saying, okay? So uh, we're in chapter four and over the last three chapters, here's what he was doing. He, He was talking to believers and he was just saying, hey, here's who you are. Here's who you are, okay, in Christ. And it's kind of like what we did in the beginning of this series, that we took time to say, hey, here's who God says you are as a believer in Jesus. And so that's what Paul was doing in the first three chapters. And now in chapter four right here, uh, we see Paul takes a turn and he starts to talk about the church, okay? Uh, And what we should see as a result of all of our identities kind of coming together and what we have together. And so in here, he talks about a few important things, okay? Uh, That we should be together in, and it's right here. So the first thing uh, is that he talks about that we don't have separate hopes, that we are together in one hope, and that is Jesus, okay? We have one Savior, Jesus, that there is unity around that, that we don't have separate hopes. And then he says that we're together in one faith, all right? One faith, that, that, that what he means is we surround ourselves uh, with the same beliefs of who God is and, and what he says. And so what that means is we line ourselves up with not what we think, but what the Bible really says and not anything else. So we're united and together in one faith. Uh, And then the third big one is that we're together in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, it says, bonds us, bonds us together in peace so that we can maintain the unity that we have, the togetherness that we have. Now, you can go to the blank slide now. Now, This is foundational for any church of Jesus, what we just talked about. It is foundational that we are, uh, as a church, a group of people, okay, who are all kinds of different, all kinds of different, but that we are all in the same boat of a few things. We're all in the same boat uh, of sin, of sin that, that really wrecks our relationship with the Lord, and then we've been made right by Jesus. We're all in the same boat of that. So what we do is we gather together. We gather together to draw near to God, to draw near to God and allow the Holy Spirit to work. And then we do it together again because we need each other. We need each other for that. Uh, and it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's, in fact, if we're doing it right, it's probably really messy. All right, it's very messy. Uh, but the key is that we are united through that messiness in one thing, Christ, that we're united in Jesus. So that's what church is. So far, so good, yeah? All right, so 
you can have a church, here's what I'm saying, you can have a church of 50 people and a church of 5,000 people, uh, and both could be going after this, right? Because it's not the size of the church that matters. You can have a church playing like uh, techno synth pop worship or going straight to the organ and hymnals, and both could be accomplishing the same purpose of God because it's not about one style of music. Everybody tracking so far? Everybody tracking? That's what church is. Okay, now, what does church do? What do we do? Right, what do we do? And I'm not talking about uh, what version of the Bible we use, what kind of clothes we should wear, or if you have to be bald to be a pastor here, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm still hanging on, everybody. Okay, so we're not talking about that. But here's the thing that we need to know. It's actually really not what we do. Here's what's really important. It's this, it's what's important is our goal. What is our goal? And here's our goal. And now, if you're, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, lock in on this, this is really important. Like, you need to know this. Uh, if you're a Christian, you should be paying attention. And don't be so dismissive of what I'm about to tell you uh, that it's, it's just true of every church, because unfortunately, it's not uh, the goal of every church. But here is what I'm going to tell you. Here is our goal, just so you know. It's really simple. Our goal for you is this, that we just want you to become more like Jesus. That's it. That's the target, okay? It's behind every what that we do. Even donuts, yeah, those are Jesus donuts. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, it's behind every what that we do, okay? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about this a little bit. We're gonna go back to Ephesians 4, read a little bit more uh, and, and break this down. So we're gonna drop down to verse 11 and read a little bit. So, so here's where we're at so far, okay? We've looked at what church is, right? And then we, we also looked at our goal, all right? Now, here's the next thing we need to look at. How? How do we do that? How do we get there to reach? So how do we as a church who wants to go after freedom, right? We want to go after this freedom process. How do we reach this goal of wanting everyone just to be more and more like Jesus? All right, so we're going to read a little bit and talk about it, okay? So verse 11, he says this. It says, and he, and that's Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Okay, so here's what we need to catch in this section. Okay, what he's saying here is, and I think it's pretty clear, that there are people uh, who God has put down and and given them gifts, uh, spiritual gifts, to administer the word of God. That there are just people who do that. Now, What this does not mean is that those are the only people who can do that, but he's saying that there are just people uh, who do it, that there are people who have that purpose to facilitate uh, the word and be centered around the word of God. And here's what we need to catch though. And, And here's what it says. It's so that the saints are equipped for the work of the ministry. Okay, now, right? You see that? So the saints are equipped for the work of the ministry. Now, who are the saints? This is not an observational quandary about an NFL football team, okay? Like where it's like, who are the saints? Who are the dolphins really? Who are they? That's not what we're asking. Boy, I thought that was funnier. Okay, the saints, that just was flat. Uh, Maybe there's no dolphin fans here. Okay, the saints, here's, here's what the saints are. The saints are simply this, Christians. The saints are Christians. So if you are here and you're someone who would say you have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, you are a saint. So this is really neat. In this room and out there, we have right now hundreds of saints right now. In the world, listen, think about this. There are billions of saints, 
around the world, okay? And what this is saying uh, is that according to God's design here, according to God's design, what we're reading is that the body of Christ, that's all of us Christians, okay, all of us saints, is built up through not the pastors and evangelists doing all the work of the ministry, but catch this gang, but by all of us doing the work of the ministry. That's what this is saying. Tracking? All right, next verse. We're just looking at what this says. Next verse. Until, so building up the body of Christ, right? Equipping the saints for ministry until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every one of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So what is this talking about? There's a lot in there. So we're just gonna break this down really quick. It's very important for us to understand how we're going about this as a church. And this right here, by the way, this is the reason why we're looking at this whole section of scripture. All right, so if you have a circle thing, just circle that whole section right there and just put church, okay? So we're gonna break this down uh, and see how this, what this has to do with our goal as a church, remember, we want everybody to get closer to Jesus. Okay, so in here are three phases that are very important. Three phases that involve how we build up one another and each other. First, it says that we attain to the unity of the faith. I would underline that if you're in your Bibles. Attain the unity of faith and knowledge of Jesus. And so what this means for us is that we need to be involved with people, right? We need to be involved with people and we need to understand God's word. We need to understand it so that we know Jesus more. And here's the thing. It's not just to be informational about it, that we have a deeper, like meaningful, purpose-filled knowledge uh, of, of Jesus. So that's one, that we attain the unity of faith. Second is that we build up each other to maturity, that, that, we, that we want each other to grow in maturity. So, so Paul is saying here, here's what he's saying. He's saying, you gotta leave behind the childish thinking. That's what he's saying. He's like, you, you, you're not that anymore. Don't, don't be a child in your faith anymore. We're gonna grow up. So really, when you think about it with whatever you do, or, or you think about your kids being involved in things like extracurriculars or, or uh, you know, music or sports or whatever, like maturity is always the goal, right? You want them to grow in what they do. There's, there's no different than church. Uh, we don't want you to stay where you're at. We want you to grow in maturity. So that's not hard to get, right? Those first two are pretty easy to get. Now, here's the third one. The third one's a little different. It says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, now what is that? What is that? Because here, here's what I'm gonna say. I will tell you that my standard response, that's not coming out of my mouth if somebody says, hey, say, what's your goal as a follower in Christ? <laughs> to, to reach the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Anybody knows that. <laughs> that's, not my, that's not my standard response, okay? That was funny too. All right, anyways, I'll laugh at myself. Uh, to attain the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's what this means. This is very simple. This is what this means, everybody, that we just get closer to Jesus. That's what it means. Because think about this is what this is saying. Uh, the measure of full maturity is Jesus. And so what we wanna do is get to that and that's getting closer and closer to Jesus. Okay, so let's, let's sort of recap, recap. We build each other up, right, by being unified and centered in God's word. We, we grow up, okay, we grow up, we get mature, and then we become more like Jesus, okay? Those are the three things. Now, gang, right there is how, that is how we become a church pursuing freedom. That's it, that we, we gather together united in Jesus, okay? We gather together united in Jesus. We have a goal of becoming more like Jesus and we build each other up together to mature and grow in our faith, all right? Now, what we just broke down 
right? And what Paul uh, just gave us and what we work through is actually called something, okay? It's called something. And it's a word that many of you have heard, but you might not have ever really connected the dots of this word in this way. And it is actually one of the most important words uh, that we should know as a church of Jesus. And this word that we just described and broke down is the word discipleship. That's what discipleship is. If you want a definition, if you're taking notes, here's what discipleship is. I encourage you to write this down. Discipleship is, is really easy. It is simply the process that someone goes through to become more like Jesus. There is a process that people take to be more like Jesus. Okay, so here's the big idea for us as we're talking about being set free, going through this whole series. Here's the big idea. In order for us to be a church that accomplishes the goal that we have, and our goal is to see people get more and more like Jesus. Here's the big idea. Discipleship has to happen. That's it. Discipleship, we have to have discipleship happening. This is what church needs to be. This is what you're, that once you are uh, born into God's family, right? Once you become a Christian, here's what God wants for you, that he wants you to grow. That's what he wants. He wants you to grow. He wants you to grow in knowing his word and trusting in his word and, and obeying what he has to say in his instructions. And he wants you to grow in loving his family, like loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and he wants you to grow in, in developing the same character that Jesus had, that, that you and we collectively become more and more like Jesus, okay? That's what we do. That's the whole point of what church should be. Now, Here's my question to you. It's kind of the question of the day. Where are you in the discipleship process? Where are you right now as a person who says, River Ridge is my church, I am a follower, I'm a believer in Christ. Where are you in the discipleship process with us as a church? We have to take up discipleship at River Ridge Church. We have to do it. And, and what I hope you've seen so far is that, that it's not just up to a few of us, but it's all of us attaining this measure of faith. We have to do it. And here's the deal. This is what I love about today's message. Everybody has a role in discipleship. These are some really good things. Everybody has a role in discipleship. And so I want you to just think about where that plays a role with your life right now. And the other great part about this discipleship process is this. There are a ton of different ways that discipleship happens and discipleship happens in every single stage of a believer's life. So that's really good news. So wherever you are in your faith, discipleship can and should be happening in a church that's going after freedom in Jesus. Okay, so I wanna talk about this as we ask, like, where am I? Where am I at in the discipleship process? If this is what the word says is what uh, I should be going after, uh, what, what are we gonna do? So I wanna talk about this for a second. Uh, again, if you have notes, I hope you get them out there. Uh, we're just gonna look at a few ideas of what discipleship is uh, to, to get there and help us see where we, we're at and more importantly, help you get to the next step, okay? Help you get to the next step that you should take. And again, this is, this is so that we all can be and continue to be a church going after freedom in Jesus. So first of all, first big idea about discipleship is that it is a process. It's really important to know. It is a process. Discipleship doesn't happen overnight. It takes time in a lot of instances. It takes uh, a lot of different things that, that have to happen. It is a process to become fully mature. Aren't some of us so glad that that's true, right? So I think it's a process. It's a journey that you go on. And here's the journey. The journey looks like this. It looks like this. First, you come to know Jesus as your Savior. That's the first uh, sort of process that happens. Then uh, you come to love him, right? The more you get to know him, the more you're gonna fall in love with this guy. And then you come to love the family of Jesus. You come to love the church. Then you grow. 
right? Then you grow in Christ, and then you serve Christ, you serve the church, you serve him out there, uh, and then you share Christ. That's kind of the process. That's the process of discipleship. And I didn't just make that up. I didn't just make up those steps. Like, that is uh, how we got there is looking at Jesus, okay? Jesus had a process that he took people through. Uh, one of the favorite verses I love is in the, in the book of John. It's in John 1. And these guys are, uh, there's one guy that comes to Jesus and he, he goes after his friends and he says, hey, you gotta come and, and see Jesus. And so they see Jesus and they ask him, uh, he, they say, hey, uh, what are you doing? Where are you going? And here's what Jesus has answered to them. I love it. He says, come and see, come and see. Now, that is the entry point of faith right there. Come and see. Now, let me ask you something. What is the commitment of come and see? It's not that much, is it? It's, it's, really, it's really not that much. It's just show up. It's just kind of sit, hang out, see, see what I'm all about. You don't have to sing anything, say anything, sacrifice anything. Just show up. That's how he started the process with them. Gang, that's how we start the process with you here at River Ridge Church. We say come and see. No commitment. Sit in the back. You can stay in the shadows. Uh, you, you just come and see Jesus. No expectations, uh, just to listen in on who he is. So the first step in discipleship is that it is a process. But here's the second thing we need to realize too, is that it also uh, requires taking steps. That discipleship requires taking steps. So as you progress with Jesus, with him saying, come and see, here's the thing we need to know, gang. He never left them at come and see. He never, ever left them uh, there to come and see. Uh, if you go through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, what you'll see is Jesus giving these people steps, very clear steps, very clear things that we see go from come and see, and then he kind of changes his language to, you are my disciple if. So, so he says things like, hey, you're my disciple if you love each other. Hey, you, you are my disciple if you obey my commands, if you do what I command. You're my disciple. Here's what he said. He said, you're my disciple if you take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Now, what we need to understand about that last one, when Jesus said, take up your cross, we don't really understand what he was saying because a little different back then, but what they knew exactly what he was talking about. He was actually talking about crucifixion. That was a standard way that people were put to death back then, crucifixion. And so here's what Jesus was saying. I want you to follow with me. He was saying, come and die. You get me? Come and die. Now, what I want us to see is there is a huge difference between come and see and come and die, right? Huge difference. He doesn't say come and die at the very front with anybody. Come and see, come and see. And he just keeps, I love it, progressively moving, progressively taking them through steps, progressively inviting them with opportunities. And here's what we gotta catch, gang. It was up to them to take the steps. See what I'm saying? It was up to them to take steps with Jesus. Gang, the process of becoming more like Jesus won't just happen to you. It will not just happen. You need to take steps. That's why we always tell you, here's why we exist. We exist to help you take what? Next steps in your journey with God. That's why we're here. I can't take that step for you. I can't do it. And uh, so next week, next week, by the way, we are providing a great next step for some of you. It's the step of baptism right? It's the step of baptism. Some of you need to get baptized next Sunday. That's a huge step in the process of your discipleship. Now, I want to quickly, really quick, because this is an open invitation. Uh, if you didn't even know, you can get baptized next Sunday, okay? Uh, just come. We're going to do something here in a minute, but uh, it's a huge step in the process of your discipleship. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should be baptized, okay? Three reasons uh, and why it's huge in your discipleship journey. Every Follower of Jesus should be baptized. 
Now, I'm not saying you have to. I am saying every single believer in Christ should be baptized, whether you're a new Christian or you've been a follower for 30 years and just never did it, and I'm gonna give you three reasons why. One, first reason why is because baptism is the first step of obedience in a believer. First step. So when you go into the book of Acts, really quickly, there's a story in the book of Acts where Peter is talking to a big crowd of people. Now, this is right after Jesus ascended into heaven. So he died, came back to, to, to life, and he ascended into heaven. And Peter's telling everybody the story about Jesus. And this big group of people said, we believe. We believe. Now, what do we, what do, we do? And so Peter says, you need to repent. All right, now that's the first thing. So he says, what that means is that you turn from your sins in your life and you turn to God in his answer for your sins in Jesus. That's how it always works. That's how it always works. Someone becomes a Christian by having a clear time of turning from their sin in their life and turning to God and believing in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. No one has always just been a Christian. When you, it's impossible when you read the Bible. No one's just, I've always just been a Christian. There's a clear point, clear time. Could have been a kid, as a kid, as an adult. And then, so he says, repent. And then he says, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus. So it serves as the first step of obedience. We see Jesus do it as an example for us. And so here's my question to you. Every one of you here listening, have you, as a believer in Christ, as a follower in him, taken that first step of obedience and baptism? I hope you see that God shows you there's no better time than now. And it doesn't matter how long that you've waited. It's never too late to do this. And it's worth it. Anyone want to say amen to that? It's worth it. Yeah. Amen. Man. And I'm t- there's a blessing that will come. There's a blessing that will come. That's the first reason. Second reason uh, that you do it is that baptiz- baptism identifies you as a follower of Christ. It identifies you as a follower of Christ. Baptism is a public statement of the declaration that you've already made. It's a public statement to show everybody that you are a follower of Jesus. And so here's what you have to know today. This is what we've been talking about, especially in week one of this series. This is really important and why it's so huge for baptism to be a part of this. Um, you need to know that as a Christian, that, that as a Christian, your, your identity is really clear, okay? Your identity as a Christian is not that you're a student uh, or an athlete or a business operator or a parent. That is not your main identity. Your main identity is that you died to sin and have been raised to life in Jesus Christ. That that is exactly who you are. And see, that's what baptism does. See, when you go into the water, it represents your death, that you are dying to Jesus and the death that he did for you. And when we come back out of the water, saying that you are raised to new life in Jesus Christ, it is an acknowledgement of of public declaration. I made that decision, and when you do this, you are proclaiming your identity publicly for people to see. That's the second reason why it's really important. And here's the third one. It is a spiritual marker in your life. It is a spiritual marker in your life. I got baptized uh, two years after I became a Christian. I was in college, and it was at the Days Inn Pool in Morgantown, West Virginia, okay? It was me and another girl, and I remember her name. Her name was Sarah, and it was 20 people that were standing around the pool playing music. It was really great. We got in there, and there were other people on the other end of the pool swimming, looking at us going, what is happening? And I was like, I am never gonna forget this. I never forgot it. Never forgot. In the few decades that have passed since there, I'll tell you, I've forgotten a whole bunch of stuff about my life. Never forgotten my baptism. I've never forgotten. It was an amazing marker in my life. Do you have that marker? Do you have that marker? Again, if it was last year, a month ago, two weeks ago, 30 years ago, do you have that marker in your life? It's a step in the process and it's significant and it's important. And here's what I want to tell you right now and then we'll get to the next thing, okay? The stage is set for you. 
It will be next week at least. We will have the stage set for you next Sunday. All you need to do right now in this moment, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you right now. You just have to say yes. We've, we'll have it ready for you. Just say yes. Yes, I will get baptized next week. I will do it. I've been waiting too long. I've made too many excuses. I don't know why I haven't. We are going to get rid of all those barriers right now for you, everybody. And next Sunday, do it. I'm gonna do it. Take a next step. Now I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna ask somebody because I believe that somebody just said yes right now. Here's what I want you to do. Be bold. And we're gonna do something with you, okay? If you just did that, or if over the last week or last month, now we already have eight people that have said yes, which is awesome. I can't wait to see them baptized. Somebody in here, I believe, just said yes. So here's what I want you to do. I wanna be bold and I wanna say, if you you did that if you just did that because i want to do something with you stand up stand up come on i, I believe somebody just said yes in here anybody want to get baptized next sunday please stand up be bold stand up anybody anybody yeah 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 do it stand up you got it talk to your mom there you go there's another one in the back hey come on anybody else hey there's two more come on come on anybody else anybody else anybody else want to do it come on they, they took the first step yeah awesome awesome Okay, here's what we, now listen, you guys, listen. Okay, you go ahead and take a seat. Thank you, this is awesome. Now, after service, when I say amen, do not leave. Here's what we're gonna do. I, the camera can't follow me. We got shirts for you over here. We're gonna give you a shirt. Hey, there I am. Shirts right here. Okay, come, come for right after service. We're gonna get your shirt. You need a shirt for next Sunday? Come and get those shirts, okay? I saw you, I saw you, so I know who you are, right? Come get the shirt. Let's praise God again, man. Come on, that was awesome. Love that. All right, oh man. Yes. All right. Praise God. Love that. So now we're up to like 15. Come on. Pray for next service, man. I'm telling you. All right. Third important thing. Discipleship also involves other people. Also involves other people. It is impossible to be a disciple, like Jesus said, uh, on your own. You cannot do it on your own. Here's what I'll tell you quickly. There are almost 61 another's in the Bible right? Now listen, 61 and others, and we've checked, we've checked every single one of them. Not one of them says, do this with one another, except you. You can do it on your own. They don't say that. Like, gotta do it, okay? It's one another. It's one-on-one. -on -one, it's doing this thing with each other, and, and that's why anybody who's serious about uh, the discipleship process is, is kind of doing stuff with other people, other believers in Christ. You're in a group. You're in a community. You're serving shoulder to shoulder. You're doing these things with one another, and we always say, we say life's better in circles and rows, and it's because you can't accomplish everything in the rows, right? And so uh, that's why we see people do that, and there are some of you uh, you know, and that's why we talk about group all the time. And just really quickly, that's why I, there are some of you who maybe have not taken that step to be in a community group and you're like, I've always wanted to see what it's about and I'm just not really sure about that commitment. Well, I wanna invite you to something that we started just last Sunday and you could be a part of it uh, this Sunday if you want. So we started this grow group. Okay, and all it is, it's, it's a really uh, easy commitment to make. We are just doing it during the 11 o'clock service in the meeting room over here across the hall. During the 11 o'clock, childcare could be taken care of with us already. Just, and if you just wanna meet there after church, and all it is is a group of people getting together, talking about the message and how we apply it in our lives. That, that's kind of the start of that. So I wanna invite anybody who's not a part of a group just to try that out. It's an easy thing. It's called a grow group. I'd invite you to do it. Just do it today. You don't even have to sign up. Just go into that meeting room, uh, see what God has for you in that grow group. I think you could do it, uh, and I think it would be really good. So again, I want you to think about this question. We'll be done. Where am I in this process? Where am I in this discipleship process? It's such an important question, right? It's such an important question. Where, where am I? Where am I growing? Where am I maturing? Where, am I seeing this as an evidence in my life? That's the, that's the only thing that matters. It really is. At some point in time in your life with Christ, 
it's this. Is, am I growing? Am I getting more like Jesus? My goal, and my goal isn't about who comes in this church. Here's my goal. My goal is, is the day you leave our church. And that sounds strange, but here's why I'm telling you that. Here's my goal, uh, that, why it's my goal there. My goal is this. On the day you leave, did you, were you closer to Jesus on the day you came? That, that's what I want for you. Did you take steps? Did you get closer to him? Uh, I don't own your church membership, but I do have a responsibility to help you take those steps and, and to get you assimilated and get you uh, to a point where you can grow and mature in him. I wanna know, man, did you take steps? Did you leave well? Did you leave well? Some of you, some of you are just starting with Jesus, right? And man, I'm so glad you're here. And that's the only commitment we wanna ask of you. Keep coming, keep coming back. Just come and see, come and see. And that's it. That's, that's all we ask of you. Just keep showing up and see Jesus. And some of you, I really do want to speak into some of you really quick. Some of you, you are mature in Christ and you are, you are the church. And I want to say thank you. That we can't, we can't be the church without you and that, that you are working. And Jesus said, I mean, here's, here's what I want to talk about really quick, okay? Uh, you're involved in ministry, you're growing, you're seeing God. And, and I believe that you are discipling more people than you can ever imagine if you're a part of what is going on here at River Ridge Church. Whether it's uh, making coffee, uh, saying hello, teaching our kids, wherever you're serving, whatever you're doing, a, a home group leader, all those things. I just want to say, man, uh, keep it up, keep it up. And here's what I want to say don't grow weary. We can't have you grow weary. Jesus says that the harvest is ripe, workers are few. So I wanna keep encouraging you to keep building yourself up. Don't, don't go on empty. So I do have a next step for you. Uh, we have out there for you uh, a spiritual pathways overview and it's out there, you can just grab one. Very helpful for you to refill your bucket. Some of you might not know how to fill your bucket back up spiritually and we don't want you running on empty. And this is why this is great. It gives you like five or six ways that you could be filled up with God and filled up with spirit. And it gives you things that like uh, you could do and put in place and it actually follows personalities. It's really great. Grab one of those spiritual uh, things out there um, to, to just get you filled back up, okay? And I just wanna again say thank you uh, for what you do. You, you make this church this church. And here, here, here it is, some of you, you're here and you've been a Christian for a while and uh, you're not really growing. Like you're not involved in anything we're doing or offering or uh, that you're not really doing anything to help yourself, which again, that means you're not even, you're not even involved in helping others in the discipleship journey. And I don't know how many of you that there are, but it was enough for me to kind of write this, uh, feel led to do this. And here's my guess. My guess for you, and that if you're in that area, you are very stagnant. Like you're not very motivated. Like God's not that motivating for you. And I, I want you to just to see, it's because God clearly put things in place for you to not be stagnant and to see God moving in your life. And it involves the things that we just talked about. If you're, if you're out of the flow of that, why wouldn't you feel those things? And you feel it, it's real, like you feel it. But I'm just telling you, I want you to see, man, you, you're almost putting yourself in that position. You're, 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 you're not allowing, you're, you're being blocked by what God wants for your life to grow and mature in Christ. And here's my hope for you. I hope you see that we're not here just for you, but we are here for you. We are here for you. We got steps for you. We got things in place, man. Just take a step, take a step. We do not wanna see a stagnant faith in you, man. We wanna see a thriving, growing, maturing, awesome faith where God is real. He is moving in your life and you just wanna tell everybody from the mountaintops about who Jesus is. Amen? That's what we want, man. I want that for you. So, man, sign up to serve. Get in a men's group, get in a women's group. Freedom in Christ is still meeting. Uh, go to the grow group. We got all kinds of steps that you can take. Take a step, okay? I can't take that step for you, but we got them available. And there are some of you getting baptized next Sunday. Come on, let's praise God one more time. Yay, it's gonna be awesome. Come get a shirt, come get a shirt. Uh, I'm way out of time.
surprise. Let, let me pray. God, I, I have fallen in love with this word discipleship. Yeah, I have. It is awesome because when you started to show me what it really looks like, it is something I can get behind. It's not just a word. There, is, there are some awesome things in there. I pray that we see what that means for us. I pray that we see uh, what this process looks like and that we have the courage to take a step uh, in the direction of being discipled by you through our church, man. I, and I pray for all of our brothers and sisters in here to see where we are in that process, not just to be discipled ourselves, but to help others. Even when we don't see it, it's amazing what you do with people just saying yes. Uh, I just pray for that for us as a church. I pray we see clearly how we could become that church in the freedom process. We love you and pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. Awesome Sunday. Next week, Baptism Sunday. Bring your shirts if you already got baptized. Come right here, the, the six of you who stood up, and we'll get you signed up and get you a shirt.